I want to talk today about the power that gets released when we sow. When we take the seed and we sow and release it and we sow it. In the Bible, we learn about this kingdom principle. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Think about the seasons. Now, I heard that South Africa doesn't have seasons. Maybe it's just Joburg, but um, they said they only have summer, winter. But think about seasons. We never have to think or, you know, I hope a season comes. It comes. There's seasons. There's night and day, every single time, night and day, cold and night. These are kingdom things that God has set in place here on earth. And one of them is seed time and harvest. The fact that we could take a seed and you can put it in the ground and it grows and it produces fruit. It's just an amazing gift. And we take it for granted. I mean, just what a special, powerful thing that God's given us to feed us and nurture his people here on earth. And man didn't create it. God created it. We've, we've learned it. God has given us a gift that we've cultivated, but it's not ours. It's his. It's his power. That seed is the God's gift to us. It's also a spiritual principle. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, you reap what you sow. So it's not just an, a, an earthly principle of seed time and harvest, but it's a spiritual principle that whatever you sow, you will reap. And it's good or bad. Evil, if you sow evil, you'll reap the rewards of the evil. If you sow goodness, if you sow spiritual things, you reap eternal life. And, you, and, and it comes with a promise. It's an amazing thing that God promises that what you sow, you will reap. Isn't that awesome? It's like, it's not a mystery. Like if I put a, a, a seed in the ground, if I water it, and if it put it in the ground, it's going to grow. It, just, it, dev, it never does not grow. It always grows. It's, there's a promise attached to the principle of seed time and harvest. And the greatest thing about all of it is, it's for everyone. Listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse, uh, verse uh, I believe it's verse 6, um, says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. But listen to the word, it says, whoever. It means the promise is not just for the rich, it's just not for just for the educated. It's not for, doesn't matter what nation you come from or what family you come from. It says, whoever sows sparingly. So it doesn't matter how much you have. doesn't matter what gift you have. You just take what you have and you sow it, and God will bless you. It's what you sow. So if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, whatever you give, it's an incredible gift, and it's for every single person. And whoever gets this principle, if you can get a revelation, if your church or if you as a leader here today can get this principle, you get the blessing attached to this promise. It's an incredible thing. So I have three points for you today. You ready? You guys still awake? Okay. Three points about sowing. Number one, sowing is powerful. Sowing is powerful. So much, think about the power and the potential in a seed, a small seed. Think about it. A seed can produce dozens, if not thousand times, its initial deposit. Some, some, some things you plant, and it will produce fruit for decades. Decades. Thousands of times. That's not just addition. That's multiplication. That is only possible with God, our king. He's the only, he designed it. He's the architect of it, of this thing. There's some seeds that has to be planted every season. 
You take it and you just keep planting it. And I think that it's, there's a spiritual correlation, that there's seeds that we have to continue to deposit every day, every season, and it produces fruit. We never stop planting those seeds. But there's some things that we plant, and then like there's things that have been deposited, like I talked about, in our nation. And even though those things were deposited three decades ago, four decades ago, they're still producing fruit. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it exciting to be a part of seed time and harvest of what God does? Isaac is a great example of this. In Genesis chapter 26, verse 12, it says, And Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. He was blessed. There was other nations around him, and they were scared, and they, were, they just didn't understand. How is this guy growing so fast? How is he having such big harvest? Because he had the hand of God on him. A hundredfold blessing. Wow. Imagine if someone told you, if you gave them a dollar, you get a hundredfold back. You'd be like, oh, I'll sign up for that. I want to be a part of that program. It's not just, okay, give me a little bit, a tiny percentage, a hundredfold. When you obey and when you sow, you are releasing God's power and blessing in your life. Multiplication, bigness of God. The seed that we plant has the potential, the potential for growth. And we unlock that potential. It does nothing until we plant it. It's powerful. Now, we were learning that it's powerful, right? But it's not powerful in your hand. It's powerful when you release it. I'm reminded of the story of Peter. When Jesus first met Peter and some of the disciples, he meets them and he finds they're, they're, they're fishing. They've been fishing all night and haven't caught anything. And Jesus says, go back out into deep water and let your, let, let your nets down again. And you guys know the story. They caught this massive uh, amount of fish. It was breaking the nets. It was so much fish, they can barely bring it in. And it was this amazing miracle that God did. But listen to what Peter says. Jesus tells him to go back out. He's been fishing all night. He's tired, working. And he said, this is, this is Peter's response. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Listen to this. But because you say so, I will let down those nets. It's a faith thing because you say so. It didn't make sense. They were fishing with, with nets that were um, shallow for shallow fishing where they would drag it a, 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 between two boats or two guys would hold it over and they, the fish would, would, go, uh, would come up during the evening and, and, and during the day would go down deep. And they were shallow fishing and now that's, they're fishing at the wrong time with the wrong equipment. It didn't make sense. But they, because God said so, you guys with me? Because he said so, they stepped out in faith, and they put their nets out. They released the nets. And I really feel like I had a word for you today, is what are the nets that you're holding on to? What are the nets that God has given you, and you have not released it? You're holding on to it. You have seeds that you have not released. You're holding on to it for a rainy day or whatever it is. There's gifts that God has given you. We know that God has given every believer within the bride of Christ gifts. What are the gifts, the things that God's given you? I really believe that you have a heart for the harvest. I hear it when you guys pray, when you sing. I heard it in the the prayer meeting. There's a heart for the harvest here. But can I say this? A heart for the harvest doesn't bring in the harvest. The heart for the harvest, hunger doesn't feed anybody. It's not just being hungry. It's not just desiring the harvest. You have to sow. You have to sow. And there's something about sowing which which is scary because, like, imagine if you're a farmer and you're sowing seed. If that thing dies, if that whole crop dies, it, it, your family is at risk. You're, you're letting go of something. It's a trusting in God. 
Think about potatoes. You put potatoes in the ground. You don't get to see it until it comes up, until it's already finished. It's not like a tree where you can kind of watch it grow. It's in the ground, and it's like, I hope it's working. I hope, it, I hope it's going to be there when I'm, you know, later on. But you just got to, like, let it be underground. But you're trusting in the power of God. You have to let your nets down. And there's going to be something new for George. There's going to be something new for your church, and you have to trust God and be willing to release the nets. Well, that's unconventional. Well, that's never worked before. That didn't work, you know, last time we tried it, and this isn't what God said. But if God is stirring your hearts, if God is telling you to do it, then do it. Peter said, Master, it's because of his word. It was because of what Jesus said, because of his credentials. He said, yes, okay, I'll do it. I'll let down those nets. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. All these things, all these excuses, he put it aside. I'm going to obey. I believe that God has new strategies for us. We know things don't change. Our mission doesn't change. Our theology doesn't change. Who Christ is doesn't change. But our strategies change. The world that we live in right now is different than the world that we lived in three years ago. The world that we lived in three years ago doesn't exist. The church that, was, that we were a part of 10 years ago, it doesn't exist. And so if we keep recycling things and, and, and not listening and hearing God on strategies, because God's speaking all the time. God is always speaking. And so we've got to hear it. It's not just the responsibility of your lead pastor. You as leaders, you need to hear God. God is speaking to you. It's not just one man out front like a Moses type and just, I'm going to hear God and everybody listen to me. The elders get the vision for the church, absolutely. But you can hear God for your life, for your family. Are you sowing into your children, into your company, into your family, into where you're at, your spheres of influence? Think about it. You've got to trust God, and you've got to let go. Think about Jesus fed the 5,000. He had a little boy that had a little bit. What was it? It was uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. He had a little bit, and God takes that little bit and does something explosive with it. But the little boy said, I'll, I'll give you what I have. We've got to have that heart. God, I'll give you what I have. Not holding back. Listen, we can't hold back. There's too much at stake. We've got so much that God's promised us for our future, for the kingdom, that we've got to let it go. I don't even know how it works. Isn't that in something? Isn't it amazing that we use things we don't even know how it works? I don't know how my computer works. I know how to, you know turn it on, open it up, and do some things. But I, can't t- I could not take it apart. I couldn't fix it. You all have phones, smartphones. Pretty much probably everybody in this room doesn't know how a smartphone works. I mean, the inside intricacies of how that, all those things work, you would have no idea. But does that stop you from using it? It never stops you from using it, right? I don't understand a lot of things. Listen, you don't have to understand seed time and harvest to use it. You don't have to know everything that God's doing in order for you to be obedient. You just have to hear what God's saying and say, yes, it's God's strategy plus our obedience equals kingdom results. God's strategy, my obedience, it equals kingdom results. And it's very, like, I'll just be honest with you. It's hard for me to to not be focused just on kingdom results because I'm just like, God, I want to see results. And I want to see your church grow. I want to do big things. But if I just focus on the results, I'm not going to get it. I've got to be listening to God. God, what are you saying? What's your strategy? What's your heart for my people, for my church, for my region, for my family? And then I've got to be obedient. Right? You guys with me? And then we have the explosive. Listen to this in Mark chapter 4, verse 26 and 29 through 29. It says, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. 
though he does not know how. Isn't that awesome? Don't know. I have no idea what's going on. I, I cannot tell you how. We have no idea. All by itself, the soil produces the grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So we don't have to understand. All we have to understand is this. God has called you to be people that sow. We know there's a harvest, but we need harvesters, and we need to sow, and we need to, we need to get invested into what God is doing and say, God, what do I have? And I'm, it's powerful. I want to be a part of it. I don't have to have the full picture. I don't have to know exactly everything that's going on, but I do believe in the principle, and so I'm going to get involved. Amen? Number two, sowing brings provision. So it's powerful, and it brings provision. It brings growth and fruit. If you want to grow, and everybody wants to grow, right? Everybody loves, like, messages on fruit and growth. It's like, yeah, let's grow. Let's produce fruit. Let's multiply. It sounds great. But if you want to grow, you have to sow. You can't just say, I want the growth and not be willing to sow, not be willing to be obedient. We want the increase. Listen to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. It says, Paul's saying, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. God brings the increase. God brings the increase. God brings the increase. We plant it. We be obedient. But once it's in the ground, you can't do anything. It's just God does it. God brings the fruit. God, we've got to put it in the ground. God is clear. We sow and he grows. God brings the growth. And everything about growth is governed by God. And it's, it's really hard for me because like, I want to like control it. I want to like have my hand in it. I want to like make it go faster. But I've got to trust God. I've got to trust in him. He controls the seasons. I don't control it. And the hard part is, is that a lot of times, many of us are in different seasons. Churches are in different seasons. So I can look at one of my fellow brothers in Christ and see, man, his church is doing this and doing that. And wow, he's on the radio and all this stuff. And it's, this is amazing. And, but he's in a different season. I'm not in his season. I'm doing my season. I'm growing my field. I'm doing my thing. Be obedient to God, what, he, what he's called you to do in your region. Amen. That's what we need to do. Have you guys ever, uh, maybe have ever heard of this? I love this illustration. Chinese bamboo tree takes five years to grow. It has to be watered and fertilized in the ground where it has been planted every day. And it doesn't break through the ground for five years. It's underground for five years. <laughs> After five years, though, once it breaks through the ground, it will grow to 90 feet tall in five weeks. It means, that means it can grow up to three to four feet a day. The question is, here's the question. Did the Chinese bamboo tree grow 90 feet tall in five weeks or five years? Five weeks, you know what the answer is? I'll give you the answer, and you can argue with me later. It's five years. Because underneath the ground, it was growing. If at any point in those five years, you would have stopped watering it, it would have stopped growing. It would have ceased to, never would have came up and did the explosion. But we all want the explosion. I want the explosion. Go, growth. And we pray for it. I mean, listen, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll pray for explosion. I'm never going to stop praying for explosion. 
But can I just say this? If we neglect the part of the ground, what's happening underneath the ground, we're not going to get this. With no root, no fruit. You got to dig. You got to sow. You got to pray. I love we're talking about spiritual warfare. We need believers to be praying and fasting. Yeah, fasting. We, don't, we need to be doing that more. We need to be getting together. Let's fast. Let's pray. Let's get on our knees and let's pray for these things. Let's not just talk about it. We don't need, just need another meeting. We need to be praying and spiritual warfare. And then we get to see the breakthrough. breakthrough. We live in a, a world now that is just so instant gratification. And it's so hard to be patient, but we've got to trust God's things. One more thing on this point, and, we got, and then we'll get to our last point. Your provision is tied to how much you grow. This is still on point number two. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Right? Proverbs eleven twenty four says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, but those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's this amazing thing. of If you let go, if you give it away, you get more in return. And I'm not just talking about money and stuff and just like, oh, yeah, I want to get rich. I'm talking about spiritual blessings. I'm talking about the spiritual things of God. When you let go, when you give up and you say surrender to God and say, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. What are you calling me to? And when you do that, man... That's how much you get returned, but it's how much you sow. So if you sow a little bit, you get a little bit in return, but if you sow a lot, you get a lot in return. Okay, let's move to our last point. Sowing gives us purpose. So we got power, provision, and lastly, number three, purpose. Once I understand the power and the provision God gives through sowing, I now have a purpose in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, purpose is highly underrated. Having a purpose when you, I think about so many young people that have no purpose in life. They're just eating, playing video games. Up, you know, you wake, you, you can live life. If you've lived life before with no purpose, maybe you're here today and you lack purpose. It's not a great life. But when you have purpose, you wake up in the morning with, with something in your bones. I have something to do for the king. I have something to do for the kingdom. I have something to offer. I've got to go out to the field. Think of like a farmer. I've got to go out to the field. I've got to do this. Whatever the season in, the farmer's doing something. There's, planting is just one little part of the year. But throughout the year, the farmer's doing all kinds of things, different tasks throughout the year. But it gives you purpose. Going back to Simon Peter, he cast his nets and caught the biggest catch he had ever had. But he didn't just get fish. He now found a purpose. Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. See, he had this big catch, but that wasn't it. It wasn't just the big catch. Jesus says, great, the big catch, but now I've got your attention. Listen to me. I've got a purpose for you. You'll Now I'll make you fishers of men. We have to be careful not to celebrate the miracle and the move of God and camp around those things and say, Yes, this, this is what I want. I want God to move in my life, just like he did the other time. We're going to stay here, and we're going to keep fishing the same hole the same way because that's what God did that one time, and then we're going to get it. Imagine if Peter said, you know what? Actually, this new method you gave me, it's worked really well, and this is going to explode my business, so I'm going to go out and do that again. I'm just, just, just walk with me for a minute. Imagine. We, we, we do this as Christians. 
We, God did something, and it's so natural to say, well, God did it that way, and that's what I want to do again, or I want to celebrate the move of God. But instead of doing that, God doesn't want us to do that. God wants to understand the purpose of God and to understand and move beyond just a move of God or a miracle of God and, and saying, no, I have a purpose to become a fisher of men. It goes beyond. It's to the person of Christ. I'm going to follow Jesus. Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. It's to the person of Jesus. He didn't say, I'll make you fishers of men, and then later, yeah, and then me and you can hang out too. No, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. It's amazing. So, live with purpose. You are called to count for God. I'm telling you, you're called to count for God. Live with purpose. I'm here today because someone sowed into me. Because a church sowed into me. Because a family, my parents, sowed into me. Because nations sowed into me. I'm, we are all here today because someone else prayed for us. Someone else sacrificed for you and prayed for you and fasted for you. We've got grandmothers in the room that are praying and seeing their family saved because someone said, I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to sow. I'm not going to give up. It's those kind of attitudes and behaviors that brings breakthrough. And God is saying, go for it. Go for it. Say yes to God. We need a new generation that's going to say yes to the purposes of God. Our grandparents, or the, 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 the generation that came before us did mighty things. But guess what? After Abraham came Isaac and then Jacob, it goes on. And we need the next generation to come up and say, I'm going to say yes to the purposes of God in my life. And as a church and as leadership, we have to have the responsibility to teach our young people, to teach our children the purposes of God. That as a young, they're not half Christians or have half the spirit inside of them. They have the full Holy Spirit of God inside of our children. Jesus, we have prophecy that said your young will prophesy. We have to allow the young people to come through. Not just because, you know, yeah, we got to make sure it's all even and make sure distribute everything. No, we just need to encourage it. We need to believe and get showed them the purpose. And man, when young people get the purposes of God, watch out. Watch out what will happen in your church. Watch out what God will do. But you start small. You start with something small. You just begin to sow. You begin to be faithful. And I, mean, I, just, I just want to encourage you today. I want you to really think about what do I have to offer? What do I have to offer? What are the gifts God's given me? And maybe you don't fully understand. Maybe you're not sure exactly what you have to offer. But you need to, you need to find out. <laughs> Let me tell you. But here's the, here's the thing. God is everything that you need, God has already given you. Everything you need is God's given you. You don't need to sit on the sideline. You can start today. You can say yes to God and say, I'm going to be a part of this thing. I want to do it. Ecclesiastes 11:4 through 6 says, Farmers who wait for the perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, um, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if it will pro the, um, you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. You don't know what's going on underground. Hello? He controls the seasons. 
You don't know what's going on. So don't sit back and say, well, I'll wait till, you know, I see some fruit and then I'll plant. I'll wait till the right season. I'll wait till I get a little bit more money and then I'll tithe. Or I'll, this, you know, I, let me get comfortable. All these things. If, if, you, if you're, just imagine like a farmer waiting for perfect weather. It's never going to happen. It's never perfect. You just have to act. Because we don't understand what God's doing. God is doing things right now in your city, in George. I'm telling you, God is doing things right now and you have no idea. You just have to know he's doing stuff. I was hearing stories of praise reports from Grant about some of the things going on in Cape Town. And there's things that were happening years before Grant ever got to Cape Town that God was doing. People where God was sending. Doors were being opened. He never knew until he got there. But he had to get there. He had to obey. He had to sow. And then later on down the road, he found out later, oh, this is why I'm here. Oh, this is what God's doing. There's things right now God's doing in your life, in your family. You've got to be obedient right now. You've got to sow right now because later on, if you don't, you're never going to get there. You've got to sow right now. Imagine like if, if, if all the farmers in the area started growing and they, they, they planted their seed and they did all the right things. And then when it comes to harvest, like two, a month before harvest, I said, you know what? You know what? Dang it, man. I'm, I'm going to put my seed in the ground. I'm going, to, I'm going to go for it. It's too late. I missed it. I missed it. I, I, and I don't want to be like that in the kingdom. And obviously, God's able, beyond all of our stupidity and our laziness and everything, God's able to do many things. I'm not putting a limit on God. But I, I, I just, for like, I think about my kids. I don't want to miss it. I've got some little kids, and I, and I need to sow into them. I don't want to miss the promises of God in their life. I can't wait until they're 16 and go, man, I, man things are getting rough. I need to really start sowing into it. It's too late. Sow into them now. While they're sleeping, I'm praying for them. Why, 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 it says as the farmer sleeps, he's asleep and the thing's growing. It's, we sleep and you pray and you move and you act and you sow and God does the rest. We don't base our sowing based on the economy, based on what the world says, based on our feelings. We sow because God tells us to. We don't wait for the perfect time. We just sow. We have to have faith though. Let me tell you right now, if you're at a place right now where you've hit a plateau and that happens, if you're spiritually in a place where you, I feel like I've hit a plateau, I've hit a kind of a ceiling, you know what you should do? Sow. When you've hit a limit, when you've hit against something, to break that, you've got to sow. You've got to, you've got to break through that with faith. It's the faith in the sowing that breaks through that barrier. You don't sit back. When things start to get tight, you don't go, mm, maybe I should kind of like, maybe, you know, reserve. Even through COVID, as through churches, we know that, man, we, as things were locked down physically, the church had to be taking ground spiritually. We had to keep sowing, keep training through Zoom or whatever it means and driving up to people's houses, talking to them through the window. I don't, you know, just getting it done. The church never closed down. We had to keep sowing, keep moving so that when things opened up physically, the church can boom, explode. Maybe you're here today and you've, you've, you've tried to sow before and you feel like you failed. And you feel like, man, I've missed it. Maybe you're here today and like, I wish I would have done this, have some regrets. Let me tell you something. There's a new season. Isn't it wonderful? Every year there's a spring. Isn't it wonderful? It's a new season coming around. Jump in. It's a new season. You haven't missed it. You haven't missed your opportunity. Throw your net out. Cast it out. 